is Gregory Keith Davies. For 32 years, he would hold a nasty secret until one day a cold case investigation would uncover his dark past. Also tonight, I will go over the death of Benjamin Robb, who lost his life at a bar in Pattaya, Thailand, the victim of a violent attack. Cambo, grab a beer and pull up a deck chair. This is True Crime Island, another true crime podcast. First off tonight, I just want to remind you that True Crime Island is entered into the Australian Podcast Awards and you can vote for the island in the popular vote category. If everyone that listens votes for the island and it is your island, I will get the opportunity to yell boomfuckalunga in front of the whole world. So go to australianpodcastawards.com Go to the popular vote link and vote for the island. It's your island and it's you, the listeners, that make this island what it is. So, back to the show. Tonight on Special Edition, I'll go over a cold case that has finally been closed after 33 years and tell you of a violent attack on the holiday resort of Pattaya, Thailand that left a 42-year-old Melbourne man dead. Although this cold case does involve a child, I won't go into the gruesome details so as not to distress some of the listeners. I'll leave that to a full episode if I end up doing one on this case. It concerns the rape and murder of Kylie Mabry on the 6th of November 1984. So let's start with that Tuesday in November. The first Tuesday in November is Melbourne Cup Day the day where Australia stands still. It's Australia's most prestigious annual thoroughbred horse race. It's a 3,200 metre or two mile race for three-year-olds and over, conducted by the Victorian Racing Club on the Flemington Racecourse in Melbourne. So most Aussies will down tools and stop work to put on a bet and watch the race live. On this Melbourne Cup day in 1984, Julie Ryan, her sister, and Julie's little six-year-old daughter, Kylie Mabry, had been to a local hotel in the Preston area where they'd had lunch and watched the Melbourne Cup on a large-screen TV. Kylie Mabry was off school that day, as Melbourne Cup Day is a public holiday in Victoria. Shortly after watching Black Knight win by two and a half lengths from Chagamar at odds of ten to one, they left the hotel and returned home, returned home at Unit 6-35 Gregory Grove Road in East Preston at about 4.30pm. After returning home, they went to a neighbour's place for a cup of tea. After tea, they then went back to their place where Julie called her mother on the phone. Being 1984, it was one of those old phones you might see on TV that is plugged into the wall, 
as there were no mobile phones available back then. While on the phone to her mother, Julie asked her daughter to go down the corner shop and buy some sugar. Kylie asked her mother, Julie, if that was alright, and she was told it was as long as she went straight to the shop and returned immediately. Now, you may think that it's so irresponsible to let a six-year-old girl go down to the shop by themselves to buy sugar, but things were different back then, and it was what most parents would be comfortable doing. In fact, most of the time, you would be told to go outside and play with the neighbours in the street. Julie gave her some coins, and Kylie walked out the door towards the Food Plus store, located at 502 Plenty Road, East Preston. A distance of approximately 140 metres, or 150, 153 yards. It's just around the corner from their house, less than a two-minute walk. She was barefoot, wearing a red skivvy, pants, and carrying a green and red handbag. She entered the Food Plus store at around 5.30pm, purchased the bag of sugar, and left. She was seen by witnesses walking south through the car park, along the footpath and towards her home address. At about that same time, 42-year-old Gregory Keith Davies was driving in the area in his white Holden HQ station wagon. He lived about a kilometre or one and a half miles drive from the shop at 46 Gordon Road, East Preston's. Davies pulls over and is able to grab Kylie and put her in his car without anyone noticing. So I won't go into the disgusting details of what happened other than to say Davies was able to drug, rape and strangle Kylie to death. So back to Julie on the phone to her mum. After 10 minutes and Kylie Kylie hadn't returned from what should have been only a five-minute run down to the corner store, Julie, Kylie's mum, started to look for her. She walked down to the Food Plus store and asked if Kylie had been in there. They told her that yes, she had been in there and she'd left not that long ago. Julie then began searching the area by car But after failing to find Kylie, she notified the police that her daughter was missing. At about 6.55pm, police including Chief Inspector Greenway attended and coordinated a search including a search of Donald Street, Preston. But Kylie was unable to be located. At about 12.45am in the morning, Wednesday the 7th of November 1984, a person was driving in Donald Street, East Preston, and noticed a body lying in the gutter near the corner of Tyler Street. Now, remember, the police at around 7pm were searching in that area. Now, this is just a few hours later. Police were called and found Kylie lying on the western side of Donald Street in the gutter. And although he wasn't a prime suspect at this point, the body of Kylie was just 600 metres 
was 656 yards walk from Davies House. Just about a two-minute drive for about seven-minute walk. When Kyla was found, she was seen to be wearing fawn-coloured trousers, a red skivvy and a white singlet, and had no shoes or socks, just dumped in the street. As I said, I won't go into the gruesome details of the attack or the autopsy, but I will say that semen was found on Kylie's undies and trousers, and this evidence would at a much later date be crucial in solving what would end up becoming a cold case. You see, police would interview Gregory Keith Davies, but he denied his involvement and without any eyewitnesses or other evidence, they were not able to take the case further. Remember, this is 1984 and DNA evidence would not be used to convict anyone for another three years when Colin Pitchfork would be convicted of murder based on DNA fingerprinting evidence and the first to be caught as a result of mass DNA screening. So, the case goes cold until April 2016. When police investigating cold cases are given a tip-off and are able to extract a DNA profile from the clothing that Kylie was wearing that day and from the other swabs they took from her body. In June 2016, the now-aged 73-year-old Davies was spoken to at his home in Waterford Park, north of Melbourne, by members of the Homicide Squad. They requested a voluntary swab and Davies agreed. When the DNA profile was entered and analysed and compared to the DNA found on Kylie Maybury's clothing and the other swabs, the analysis revealed that Davies was more likely to be the contributor of the DNA than anyone else chosen at random. In fact, it was a hundred billion times more likely that it was Davies than someone else chosen at random from the population. So, on the 9th of June 2016, Davies was arrested by police and interviewed. Davies again denied being involved. Davies told police that he'd had the day off and went to a reunion barbecue with his brother and his friends who had served in Vietnam. Witnesses gave evidence that Davies was at the barbecue but went missing later in the afternoon. When police tell Davies that his DNA was found on Kylie Mabry's body, Davies asserted that it was impossible and that after being asked a number of questions about the biological samples, Davies decided to exercise his right to obtain legal advice. Asked by police to explain those samples, along with a large number of other pieces of circumstantial evidence that had been assembled, Davies replied that he was unable to do so. So basically, he forgot. Later that day, Davies would be charged with the rape and murder of Kylie Mabry and remanded in custody. On the 29th of May 2017, at the committal proceeding in the Melbourne Magistrates Court, Davies indicated he would plead guilty to the murder and rape of Kylie Mabry, and this he did.
So before I get into Davy's trial, let me tell you about his criminal history. Davies had convictions in Melbourne General Sessions in May 1968 for larceny, larceny, forgery and uttering and was placed on a three-year bond. Now, we all know what forgery is. It's the creation of a forged document with the intent to defraud. Whereas uttering, I've always thought this is a funny one, uttering is merely the use of passing of a forged document that someone else has made with the intent to fraud. So, on the 2nd of February, 1971, Davies was tried in the Melbourne Supreme Court on a charge of attempted murder and wounding with intent to cause grievous bodily harm, the victim being a 14-year-old girl. At the time, Davies' mental state was assessed and he was found to have an IQ of 84 with a state of hysterical disassociation. He was acquitted of the charges brought against him on the grounds of insanity and ordered to be detained at the governor's pleasure. Davies remained in custody in Pentridge Prison under that order until the 3rd of November 1982. During the period of being held at Governor's pleasure, Davies did not receive any medical or psychological treatment. I mean, great. Lock him up because he's insane, but don't give him any treatment and then let him loose on society for fuck's sake. Anyway... October 1983, Davies was convicted of drunk driving. He was fined and his licence cancelled. Now, as I've told you today, the offences committed against Kylie Mabry occurred on the 6th of November 1984. Let's get to 1993. Davies was convicted of offences including a number of burglary, theft and other dishonesty charges. In 1996, Davis was convicted of a large number of offences of indecent assault and gross indecency. So he's just a dirty, dirty old man. A forensic psychologist reported that there's nothing that supports any medical illness which would explain Davies' offending. So, he wasn't mentally ill, he was just a sick fuck. Davies continued to state that he could not remember what happened that day and showed very little remorse, if any. On the 23rd of July, 2017, Davies was attacked in his cell with boiling water poured all over his neck and his dick after details of his charges became known within the prison. That incident caused serious injury and led to hospitalisation and skin grafts. Davies got burns to 15% of his body and his left cheekbone was also fractured. So he got a bit of prison justice. So what did the judge have to say on sentencing Davies? Well... I'm glad you asked. He said, Though these crimes happened 33 years ago, 
They were terrible offences. You were 42 years of age at the time and in the prime of your life. This child did nothing except walk to a shop and at age 6 years she lost her life in the process. You saw her and you chose her at random for the very worst of motives and then ended her life. Your conduct was simply disgusting. As I have er earlier made clear, I simply do not believe you cannot recall your offending. As I have already said, by virtue of claiming to have been at the Melbourne Cup barbecue, you effectively asserted an alibi which then fell apart. I would have accepted, if it had been put this way, that you take the approach of lack of memory because you know there is nothing that can be said to explain your conduct beyond the most base of motives. Your counsel conceded that your behaviour was predatory and that life imprisonment on the charge of murder was the appropriate sentence. That concession was well informed. On the charge of the murder of Kylie Mabry, you will be sentenced to be imprisoned for life. On the charge of the rape of Kylie Mabry, you will be sentenced to be imprisoned for eight years. Now he said in relation to the non-parole period, clearly the minimum term would have to be substantial, even given your age. Apart from anything else, you are now facing punishment as a person of advanced age for only one reason. You concealed your involvement in these crimes since 1984. In all the circumstances, I have decided to fix a period of 28 years before you'll become eligible to apply for release on parole. So, if Davies makes it to 103 years of age, he can then apply for parole. Well, finally, this scum has been brought to justice and he did get a bit of prison justice thrown in for good measure. His 91-year-old wife is suffering from bewilderment and she's in a nursing home, so she won't be affected at all over what's happened with her scumbag of a husband. I mean, she's so frail, she'll never go and see him in jail. I don't even think she's aware that he exists anymore. Poor thing. So that's about it for that sad story. As I said, I may do a full in-depth episode about the case at a later date, but I think I need a rest from cases involving children for a little bit. Okay, next cab off the rank is the bashing murder of 42-year-old Australian Benjamin Robb in Pattaya, Thailand. Robb had been drinking heavily with friends at the Ruby Club on Soy 6 Off Beach Road when he was attacked by an American guy, Jose Manuel Polanco Jr., who'd also been drinking all afternoon at the bar. According to a witness I interviewed, Rob was punched several times in the face until he fell to the floor, where Polanco then stomped on his face and chest for the next minute while his friends took photos. Nice people. Polanco's group then walked off but later Polanco surrendered to police but claimed he only hit Rob once and in self-defence. Okay, so let me give you my slant on what happened. 
To start with, the Ruby Club is not a club. It's a little seedy bar with a few short time rooms upstairs, if you get what I mean by short time. Soy 6 is known as the place to go during the day for a bit of action if you can't wait until the rest of the place comes alive later in the night. Now, Polanco says he was going to the aid of a bar girl that Rob had around the neck and whose face was turning blue. I can tell you that if Rob had attacked that bar girl, that not only would the rest of the dozen or so girls working there have started to attack Rob, but the motorbike taxi guys across the road, they would have given him a good hiding as well. Now, I'm not saying Rob is the most upstanding member of the community, and he may have been mucking around a bit on the day, but I doubt very much he was attacking the bar girl the bar girl in question at all. At least he didn't deserve to be bashed to death by looks like the typical roided up dickhead that you seem to see ever more often nowadays. Roid rage, that's all it was. It had nothing to do with what country he was from. It was just his little roided shrunken penis big muscle roid rage that cost the life of another human being. This sort of violence rarely happens around Pattaya, so it's really shocked the community. And an update. Apparently, Polanco has just been let out on bail. Oh, dear. So I will keep everyone informed of what happens in future special editions on this. We'll see if the guy actually makes it to court or if he skips the country. Whatever. Anyway, that's about it for this episode. It's just a special edition. I'm back home Tuesday, back to work, and next Sunday we'll have another full edition. Don't forget, True Crime Island is a listener-supported show, and it's commercial-free for all. Next week, I'll be posting out the Patreon awards for those who qualify, and I'd like to thank the newest patron, Clive, for his support. If you want to become a patron of the island, just go to patreon.com forward slash true crime island where for as little as a dollar a month you can become a patreon all funds go directly back to the island you can also do a one-off payment via paypal paypal and you can do that by typing paypal.me forward slash true crime island as i said i'll stick some crypto barcodes up soon If you want stickers or koozies, you need to email me directly. So if you want to chat, you want to order stickers or koozies, my email is cambo at truecrimeisland.com and I'll price it up for you according to how many and where you live. Now I do have some left. I think nearly all the canned ones are gone. But when I get back, I'll check the orders and uh, I'll give you an update. Okay, all other merch such as t-shirts, hoodies, tote bags mugs of rage and all that stuff is via the shop at truecrimeisland.threadless.com now there's links to everything at my website and that's truecrimeisland.com you can stream the show there download the show do whatever you want of course we're on itunes google play stitcher all that stuff as well again you do not have to spend money to support the show you can rate review and share the love more people who know about the show the better 
If people don't know what a podcast is, then show them the way. Join the Facebook group, just search for True Crime Island and join the chat. And don't forget to check out Twitter and Instagram. Uh, the island handle there is at True Crime Island. You can join in the chat there. There's heaps more p- podcasters on there as well. And uh, I'd just like to say hi to all the followers. Again, I want to remind you that True Crime Island is entered in the Australian Podcast Awards. And you can vote for the island in the popular vote category. If everyone that listens votes for the island, and it is your island, I will get the opportunity to yell boom vagalanga to the whole world. So go to australianpodcastawards.com, go to the popular vote link and vote for the island. It is your island, true crime island, and we'll show the world what we can do. Guess what? I've got a promo this week for my podcaster friend Baz from Extraordinary Stories Podcast. If you haven't heard this podcast, do yourself a favour and search for it on iTunes and your favourite podcatcher. I'll run the promo this week and maybe next week, just in case you miss it. Well, that's about all for tonight. So, this has been Cambo. You've been listening to True Crime Island. And as I always say, don't forget to delete your browser history. Good night. Hey, how are you? Do you like an extraordinary story? Do you like a Scottish accent? Well, you're going to love Extraordinary Stories podcast. Join me, Barry Henderson, as I walk you through some of the craziest stories you will ever hear. The stories I tell, they can be true crime, survival, sex, identity, obsession, love, and everything in between. They can be shocking, heartbreaking, funny or dark but they're always always real so get yourself into extraordinary stories podcast thanks